Good morning, class. Good morning, Brother Keith. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. You are, if you're born of God, you are a born overcomer, 1 John says. That's what you were born to do. That's what God's plan is for all of us. And the scripture said he, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And he always causes us to triumph. But he, we have to agree with that. We can't resist that and argue with that. We must agree with him. If he says you're blessed, what do you say? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. If he says you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ, what do you say? I feel so unworthy. No, no, you got to agree with him. If he says, let the weak say I am strong, what do you say? I am strong. Yeah, but I just feel so weak. See, it's a choice. It's a choice because you won't always feel or look like or seem like what God has said. And that's where faith comes in, right? We don't walk by what we see and feel, but we walk by faith. And, and we don't look at the things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen. Because the things that are seen are all temporary. But the things that are not seen are unchanging, eternal. This is good news. If you can see it, it's changeable. Right? Amen. And if it changed from good to bad, well, you know, it can change. It, it changed. Well, it can change from bad to good. Amen. Right? Amen. If you can see it and you can feel it, it can change. Mm -hmm. Hmm? Yes. Say it out loud. If I can see it, if I'm feeling it, it can change. It can change. But see, God's word that your faith is based on, it never changes. Heaven and earth will pass away, but it's not going to pass away. It'll read the same in every generation, in every circumstance, which is why we take time to feed on it and build this foundation so that you become unshakable, immovable. So, Father, all of us agree together today is touching these things. Uh, we say, like Mary of old, be it unto me according to your word. Let your words Come into my inner being and nourish me up in faith and quicken me and make me strong and give me answers and show us what to do and how to do it. To your glory, to your praise, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look, please, in uh, uh, amen means so be it. Uh, in, in Hebrews, the third chapter, we've been on our series that we're calling overcoming unbelief. 
And let's continue. In verse 7 he said, Wherefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. He said, verse 10, I was grieved with that generation. I said, they always err in their heart. They've not known my ways. To err means to go the wrong way. Like we were talking about in yesterday's class, anytime you see you've made a mistake, you've messed up, you got, you got a path in before you, a fork. You can either accept it, admit it, acknowledge that you messed up, confess your mistake, and humble yourself and repent. If you'll do that, God will give you grace. Is that right? He gives grace to the humble. He'll give you help. He'll show you. You can come out of it. You can overcome it. You can get past it. Or, and sadly many do this, instead of doing that, instead of admitting you made a mistake and humbling yourself and repenting, you can harden yourself and refuse and resist. And you can make excuses. And you can blame other people. And, and what you're doing is not accepting any responsibility for your mistake and not admitting that you even made a mistake. How are you going to, be, how are you going to receive forgiveness for something you won't even admit that you did? Can you see that? Yes. And some people have tried to reason and rationalize, well, Jesus already paid for all of our sins, so there's no need to repent. That's not true. That's not true. You still have to receive it. He did do it. And it is already paid for, but it won't do you any good if you don't receive it. And if you won't even admit you made a mistake, then what is there to receive? Come on, can you see that? No, the Lord does not want us uh, groveling and begging. He doesn't want us going on day after day in condemnation and guilt when he's already paid for it. Absolutely he doesn't. But he does want you to stand up and own it. And admit that you made a mistake. Is that right? Elsewise, see, if there's no sin, then we didn't need a Savior. Right? There's nothing to be saved from. No, sin is real. And whether it's a sin of commission or omission, when you mess up, you need to admit it. You need to acknowledge it. Not to dwell in it and stay in it, but say, Lord, I messed up. I you told me not to do that, and I did it anyway. Or I knew to do better, and, and I didn't do it, but I violated light. Uh, I made a mistake. And, and, but you don't have to live there. You say immediately, forgive me, and, and I receive forgiveness. I receive cleansing and washing and righteousness restored. And if you'll do that, you can get free from it. And it doesn't have to hold you back or hold you down. But see, if you're not even going to admit you made a mistake, you're not going to be receiving any forgiveness or receiving any uh, cleansing or righteousness restored. So uh, I perceive that we need to do that right now. And some folks need to act on that. So all of us, let's do it together. Anything that you've made a mistake in or, or messed up in, just say it out loud. I admit it, Lord. My mistakes, my failures, my sins, but I refuse to live in condemnation when you've already paid the price. I receive forgiveness. I receive cleansing and washing by the blood of the Lamb and by the regenerating of the Holy Spirit. 
I receive being made righteous, made holy, not my holiness, but your holiness. I receive it and I thank you. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for cleansing me. Thank you for making me free. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Anytime when you miss it, immediately, don't, don't wait, don't put it off, immediately do that. Immediately do what we just did. When you see that you messed up, go, mm, I'm sorry, Lord, I messed up on that. Uh, but, but don't dwell and, and beat yourself and, and self-condemn. No, as soon as you admit it, what do you do? Receive the forgiveness. It's available. Hallelujah. You know, we sing the song, there's a fountain filled with blood. Hallelujah. It, it, it's always available. His blood on the mercy seat is always available. You can receive forgiveness anytime, anywhere, and cleansing, and washing, and righteousness restored. His righteousness. But you got to admit you made a mistake or there's nothing to receive for. Can you see that? Yes. Uh, some folks have gotten confused about that, but the, the Bible's true. He goes on to say, verse 12, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. He said, verse uh, 19, we see they couldn't enter in because of unbelief. If you skip down to chapter 4 and verse 6, he said it again. He said, seeing therefore it remains that some must enter in, and they to whom it was first preached, we saw it was called the gospel up in verse 2, that they heard the good news about the promised land. They entered not in because of what? See, he keeps saying it. What kept them out? Why didn't they get in? Wasn't the giants. Wasn't the walls. It was the unbelief that kept them out. It's a thief. Unbelief is a thief. It, it's the tool that the enemy uses to steal, kill, and destroy. If he can talk you into it. If he can get you to to yield to unbelief and doubt, then he can steal from you. He, he stole from them their blessings, the, the plan of God and, and the promised land. He, uh, he said they didn't enter in because of unbelief. Verse 11, let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. Another way of saying that, fight the good fight of faith. You can't just be passive. See, that's the thing they ran into when they got to the promised land, Kadesh Barnea, Numbers 14. They sent the spies into the land. They came back and they said, it is wonderful, just like God said, but giants, walled cities. Um, it, it said um, labor to enter into that rest. Well, the promised land was the rest. But they realized this is not just going to fall on us. We're going to have to fight to get this. And I mean, the enemy's big, <laughs> right? And the walls are tall and thick. And, and that's what many have, have run up against. They, they hear about God and his goodness and his blessings and his miracles. And so they go, whoo, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they get there and they realize, yeah, the Lord bought it and paid for it and gave it to you. And there's this great big demon sitting on top of it that says, no, you can't have it. 
<laughs> or there's whatever obstacles, mountains in the way, and they realize, well, I'm going to have to fight to get there. <laughs> and that's the thing that millions of church people, they just never grasp this concept. It's like, well, no, no, it's up to God. It's, it's all up to God. It's, it's all up to Him. I just need to, to let go and let God and just quit. No, no. Yes, let go of your worries. Let go of your fears. But no, don't just quit. You've got to do something. It, when they got there and they saw what was there, what was it time to do? When God said, okay, uh, if you look at Deuteronomy and other places, he said, I have given you the land. Then right after that, he said, I mean, the very next phrase, go up and possess it. I've given it to you. Yeah, but the enemy thinks it's his. That's why you got to go take it. Right? Go take it. Faith, uh, that's why he says, fight the good fight of faith. And the next phrase says, lay hold. Lay hold. Take it. Go take it. And, and that sounds wrong to some church going people. Oh no, no, I'm not a fighter. I just, that's just, that's up to the Lord. No, it ain't up to the Lord. You can't leave it up to Him what He left to you. And that's what they came face to face with is you mean we're going to have to fight? <laughs> you, you mean we're going to have to really get after it? Yeah, you are. Now, maybe not as much as you imagine because you're going to have somebody helping you. Amen. Huh? Amen. See, they didn't know it, but God's already planning on pushing down walls. Is that right? Helping them. I mean, blasting hailstones and all kinds of I mean, he already, he's going to help them. And if God's helping you, the other guys are outnumbered. Bad. Amen. No matter what they think. But uh, uh, you you. You have to have this mentality ourselves. Because what he kept saying, don't let what happened to them happen to you. Well, then it is, is it true that when we find out some blessing of God belongs to us, that uh, when we go to lay hold of it, we may realize it doesn't just fall on us all at once, but that the enemy tries to keep us out of it. He tries to fight us. He tries to resist us about it. And we have to have some determination. Is that right? And we have to strap on our armor. Is that right? And we got to go after it and say, no, I'm getting this thing. If the Lord thought enough of me to buy it and pay for it and give it to me, I'm not letting anybody hold me out of it. Right? I will lay hold of it. I will enjoy it. But you have to, there has to be some aggression. The Bible said the, the violent take it by force. There's got to be that fight, the good fight of faith and, and having done all to stand, stand and you don't quit and you don't give up Amen. and because the enemy will try to bombard you and even people will voice it and say oh there's no way, no way, no way you can't have that, oh that's too much no you'll never do that and you just have to tune it out is that right? and say oh no, no, no it's mine, it's mine the Lord already gave it to me and I will lay hold and you stay on it until you experience it. And you know, it, it was tough on Joshua and Caleb because they believed it, but because of the unbelief of the other people, it drugged them out and delayed them. So it matters who you hang around, right? It delayed them for years 
but they still got it before they died. They still got it because they would not give up. They would not quit. Said out loud, I must fight the good fight of faith. I must lay hold and take and receive what has been given to me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let us labor, chapter 4, verse 11, let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief or disobedience. For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. That's how we defeat the devil. That's our main weapon, right? The Word of God which is quick. Quick means it's alive. It's living. It's living, it's powerful, and it pierces even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joint and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for the Word of God. Now, you've got to have His Word in order to have faith. You must not just say, well, I'm just going to believe that this happens. I'm going to believe that God does this. Did he tell you that that's what he was doing? You must not just make things up. Uh, the, how does the Bible say faith comes? So then faith comes by, hearing. by you deciding something. No, faith comes by what? Hearing. You, you have to hear from him in order to have faith in him. A lot of people have made mistakes in these areas. They said, well, I'm just going to believe that this happens. And the Lord never told them that thing that they're saying they're going to believe for. No, you've got to hear from him. And uh, that, the scripture says uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that phrase word of God has to do with Christ, the word of Christ. And the word Christ is anointed. So you could say it like this, faith comes by hearing the, uh, the word of the anointed are the anointed word, that quickened word to you when you know you've heard from God about this, whether it's by His Spirit, which is also always going to be in line with His Word, or He quickens something to you from the book, from the Bible itself. Now, sometimes people say, well, uh, what do I believe? You know, well, just pick a verse. Just pray. No, 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 no. Y'all listening to me, class? Well, just stand on the Word. It's a big book. Which one? Random? No, no. The Lord will quicken to you the Word for your situation. Right? And if you don't have it, well, you just don't have it yet. You need to seek Him until you get it. Right? Ask Him. Spend some time praying. If it's something that seems like you're hindered in getting it, you may need to fast about it a meal or two or or more, and, but, but you keep going until you know you've heard from him about this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's his spirit and his word. When, when he speaks to you about something, with that word came the faith. Yes. Is that right? Yes. You can't just muster the faith up on your own. I'm just going to believe that this happens. See, faith in God is based on what God said to you. Your faith in Him. Just like your faith in me could only be based on what I said to you. 
If you say, well, I'm just going to believe that Brother Keith comes over and paints my house. Well, did I tell you <laughs> that I would come paint your house? Well, no, he didn't say that, but I, I'm just believing that he will. Based on what? You've got nothing to base that faith on. If you're going to believe that I'm going to do something, it could only be based on what I told you I would do. Class, are y'all awake? Yes, sir. See, people have gotten off with this. They've made a lot of mistakes with this. I'm just going to believe that this happens. I'm just going to believe that that happens. And they never heard from the Lord about it. He never told them that. And that's why many have been disappointed. But you know, you shouldn't get mad at me because I didn't show up and paint your house. When I ever, never even knew about it. Right? I never told you I'd paint your house. That's just something you sat around and came up with. <laughs> right? Is God obligated to do every wild, wild idea we come up with? No. You're not God. He's God. Right? So my faith and your faith in Him is not just a wild, random thing that we decide. It's based, and it can only be based on what he said. So then faith comes. What? By hearing. And that hearing is a specific hearing. It's the anointed word. Hallelujah. The anointed word. Why? Because that, that anointing. Like he said here. The, the word of God is living. It's alive. It's powerful. And when God told them. I have given you the land. Now go get it. Did they have everything they needed to have faith now? Yes. Yeah, they did. And Joshua and Caleb, man, they believed it. They said, okay, let's go get it. Let's go get it now. They were excited. They were stirred up. And they saw the same giants the other guys did. But the whole rest of the bunch said, uh-uh, no, no. What, what are they doing? They are walking more and, and putting more stock in what they have seen, aren't they, than what God told them. They're not walking by faith. They're not looking at the things that are not seen. They're walking by sight and walking by the things they see. And to them, they're being carnal. They're not being spiritual. What they see, the giants and the walls, is more real to them and more substantial to them than what God said. And even though he kept trying to convince them, he said, no, I'm with you. Go. I gave it to you. Look at it. It's wonderful. Go get it. They said, no, we can't. We can't. And they would not be persuaded. Now, this is not just an old story. This is truth for all generations. This is exactly what's happening over the whole planet right now. People are hearing the gospel, are hearing some part of it, are hearing some part of the reality of God, and they're making choices. They either believe it or they don't. They believe more in what they see and what they feel than what he said. And if you do, you'll be kept out, even kept out of heaven, even kept out of the family of God. And, and, you, and people will, not, will never be able to point an accusing finger at God and say, you kept me out. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. You kept yourself out. What was it that kept him out of the promised land? Unbelief. What is it that keeps people out of the family of God? Unbelief. What is it that even keeps believers out of all their blessings? 
If they don't enjoy the fullness, of, it's the same thing, whether it's a little bit of unbelief or a lot, which is why we're on a campaign. Stamp out unbelief. Is there, we're on a campaign to absolutely get rid of all unbelief. Pray it out loud, class. Say, Father God, Father God show me, show me any, unbelief any unbelief that I have yielded to. That I have allowed to linger. Stay in my life. Show it to me. Help me to identify it. And grace me. Strengthen me. To get rid of it. So that I have none. Of this evil stuff. This doubting. This rebelling. This disobedience. This refusal to trust. I despise it. I reject it. I refuse to be that way. Thank you, Lord, for helping me to free, be free from it. Completely free from it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. It is a choice every day of our life. We see there in Hebrews 4, let's, let's keep reading this, verse 9, there remains a rest to the people of God. Just like there was that promised land waiting on them, a house they could rest in, vineyards and orchards they could rest in, wells and all of that, where they could have herds and flocks. You've got to remember, these are people who've never been free a day in their life. They were slaves. They were the property of some Egyptians, just like cows or horses or whatever. They were their property. And so were their parents and their grandparents and their great-grandparents going back for four centuries. And now what their great-grandparents could only dream about is waiting for them right there. Is that right? Landowners. Woo! Landowners, own your own estate, own your own farm. Hallelujah. You don't belong to anybody else. You're a free man. You're a free woman. Property owner. Glory to God. And yet, and yet, the devil was able to rob them of it because they didn't have the confidence they didn't have the trust to say, well, yeah, God, I'll obey you and step out. They wouldn't go fight. They wouldn't stand up to the enemy. They kept saying, we got to go back to Egypt. We got to go back. Uh -uh, we, can't, we can't do that. We'll die over there. We got to go back. We got to go back. Weak, cowardly, fearful, disrespectful. Can you see why the Bible calls it evil? Mm -hmm. Evil, evil stuff. To be a faith person... Is to have some courage. Amen. Is that right? Yes. I mean, to be like Caleb, to be like Joshua. Man, you read later, after those 40 years had passed, Caleb came to Joshua. He said, all right, now I'm paraphrasing a little bit. He said, all the rest of that unbelieving bunch is gone. And you were there that day when God told me and you that we were going into the land and he was taking us. And so that's that mountain that you and I looked at that's got the big giants on it. I want it. It's my mountain. Give me this mountain. He said, I'm 80 years old today. It's my birthday, but I want the mountain. Joshua basically said, go get it, boy. Go get it. And he went and got it. And it belonged to his family after him. Faith. Courage. 
Is that right? Overcoming fear, strength. Can you say amen? Amen. Well, that's it. Our time's up again today. But come back tomorrow because we're just getting into the thick of this. We'll see you soon back here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390. 